Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SIGCAST. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. We are here with our 12 Guru series from 1469 to infinity. And today we're going to talk about Guru Arjun Sahib. And with me I have Indapreet Singh as usual. Indapreet, thanks for being here. Thank you, Manpreet. Vaiguji Ka Khalsa. Vaiguji Ki Fateh, everyone. Vaiguji Ki Fateh. So, Indapreet, we're on Guru Arjun Sahib. Please, uh, let's get into it. Okay, we will do. So, um, <laughs> Guru Arjun Sahib, our fifth master, um, he's known as Shahidan de Sirtaj. Many have maybe also heard Bani Ke Bohit. Um, he, he is basically the, the treasure ship of, of Gurbani as well. And I'm, I'm really, I'll be honest, I'm a little overwhelmed by Kiki. What, what, what all can we even talk about? Uh, 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 any of our gurus, but Guru Arjun Saab especially. And in doing a little preparation for this, um, the, the amount of material available on Guru Arjun Saab is, is quite overwhelming. Um, because it's so much, it's so vast, so deep, so intense at sometimes. Um, so we'll do our best. <laughs> Everyone uh, probably knows, and we have to start with um, his, his the, the story of Guru Guru Arjun um, is obviously focused and centered around the compilation of the Ad Granth, the, the the Guru Granth Sahib. But you know. Interestingly, in the timeline of Guru Sahib's life, he was born in 1563, he was born in Goindwal Sahib, and uh, in 1606 is when, um, and another center aspect of Guru Arjun Sahib's life, of course, is his Shahidi. So, Shahid Taj, crown of martyrs, Bani Ke Bohit, you know, uh, treasure boat of, of Gurbani. Um, it, it, it's kind of that's that's the, the focal point. The Ad Granth Sahib was inaugurated in 1604, two years before he was martyred. So his whole life, uh, he becomes guru at the age of 18 years old. So 1581, 15, uh, so 18 years old all the way till 1606 of his life, and in the um, basically the last part of his. Guruship is when the, the Guru Granth Sahib, or the Ad Granth known at that time, also known as Poti Sahib at that time, um, was established. So, so it's, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about his, his life, and what, what really uh, continues on in his life uh, before he embarks on the collection of all of the Bani for Guru Granth Sahib. He, as I said, he became Guru at the 18 years old. What I want to refer uh, your listeners to is, in the series, podcast series from Sikh Research Institute last year, where we did the 52 Shabbat, there's one Shabbat by Guru Arjan Sahib in Rag Maj. And Guru Arjan Sahib becoming Guru, the Guruship being bestowed on Guru Arjan Sahib by Guru Ramdas Sahib, that's the uh, kind of time frame when, of that and that Shabbat. And, um, uh, we, uh, if, if one listens to that episode, you get like kind of a precursor in the context of Guru Arjan Sahib becoming, becoming Guru. So I, I won't uh, delve into that, but that's just a pointer for everybody. Here is the most amazing thing for me. Some of the things that are overwhelming me. Um, he becomes Guru in 18 years old. By the time of, uh, um, towards the end, he had founded three cities, above and beyond Siri Amritsar Sahib. So remember in the last episode we said Guru Ram Das Sahib is the one who established 
Chak Ramdas, also called Ramdaspur, which we know today as Sri Amritsar Sahib, the city. Uh, in the city, the Sarovar was obviously dug, and Guru Arjan Sahib was the architect and, uh, and the establishment of Harmandar Sahib in it. However, along GT Road, a little bit away from Tarantan Sahib, uh, from um, Amritsar Sahib, is Tarantan Sahib. So there's one city called Tarantan Sahib. We all know Guru Nanak Sahib's Kartarpur, which is in currently today in West Punjab side, on the Pakistan side, right across the border. Uh, but there's also a Kartarpur from Guru Arjan Sahib's time, another city that he established, and uh, there's a big Sikh settlement there. And then in, as the chroniclers say in our oral tradition, it comes that another city whose name is Hargobind, uh, Hargobindpur, um, so the Hargobindpur is also established by Guru Arjan Sahib, um, and that is in celebration or in commemoration of the birth of his son, uh, who then becomes Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji. So three cities, <laughs> one guru. Uh, talk about establishing cities as I kept focusing on, on, on the previous gurus, Kartarpur Sahib by Guru Nanak, Kadu Sahib, Guru Angad Sahib, Goindwal Sahib, which is where, by the way, um, Guru Arjun Sahib was born. Um, by the way, in our Persian uh, sources of Sikh history, Guru Arjun Sahib's name before he became Guru was Arjun Mal. Um, many may not know that little small tidbit. So Arjun Mal was born in Goindwal Sahib while Guru Amar Das Sahib was alive. So his Nanaji was uh, Guru at that time while he was born. And he was the youngest of Guru Ram Das's sons. Um, and uh, Guru Ram Das establishes Amritsar. So all those cities plus three more gets added to the list. Tarantan Sahib requires a, uh, a major mention. Manpreet, uh, I don't know if many of your listeners know Tarantan Sahib. I mean, I, I've been there multiple times. It is, the, the Sarovar itself of the Gurdwara is, is huge. Uh, I'm quite amazed at that such a big... Um, you know, uh, Sarovar. But the main reason for establishing this, our old tradition tells us, is to be a asylum and a, and a medical center for those inflicted with the disease of leprosy. So I guess even now, but way back then, leprosy was really, really a, a shunned. Uh, those that got inflicted with leprosy were really shunned because of the uh, infectiousness nature of it. And so they were basically those that were inflicted with disease were destitute. No one was there to take care of them. Um, despite all of the political and religious turmoil that we'll talk about on Guru Arjan Sahib, Guru Arjan Sahib focuses on this. Um, these type of construction activities were all done by Seva um, through the community's help. Um, and Guru Arjan Sahib supervised the building of Tarantan Sahib as a major center of, of a medical center of leprosy. So I've been there and I, you know, I'm like a typical Sikh family or, or, or um, interested individual would go and do darshan of the, of the, of the Gurdwaras and understand. I, I, I did make a very minor attempt to see where is the remnants of that uh, medical center of that leprosy center. And uh, obviously around our Gurdwaras, we have the modern day Pingalwara, which is definitely uh, um, places to visit and understand the, the idea of service and self-sacrifice of, of six and six institutions. But in Tarantaran Sahib, around that, there is no buzz about it being 
you know, a center of, of being a medical center of, of, of that kind. And now, again, it's because of my minor experience. Uh, probably it does exist. It's not as well known and not as popular. I don't know if, uh, Manpreet, you have any knowledge of uh, uh, a medical center or leprosy asylum in Tarantan? I do not. I actually didn't know. Maybe I heard of it when I was very young, but you just saying it right now, um, I didn't even know that uh, he founded it and to be mainly a sanctuary for people with leprosy. So uh, truly fascinating. Yeah, those, so those are the kind of tidbits that, you know, really show us the, the focus and the priorities of our gurus. Um, and, and despite all of the other chaos in the social and political and religious realm that are going on. So, and let's talk about that. Um, let, let's talk about, so again, 18 years old. Here's one of the social, or I would call family uh, issues that Guru Arjan Saab was running into. And everyone should know the story about Priti Chand, his eldest, his eldest son. Um, he was also <laughs> uh, trying to, right from the get-go, trying to take over the guruship. Um, the guruship and the the just the personal family of the gurus, but also the Sikh community was becoming very powerful, powerful in the economic sense as well. Prithichand, since the guru became guru, uh, was had a, whole, had a great intense sense of animosity uh, by Gurdasji in his writing calls Prithichand and his followers minas, you know, highway robbers. So, so very... Uh, the the, the um, clash between Priti Chand and his and his uh, kind of uh, followers and the six and Guru Guru Arjan Sahib and the six became quite intense. Priti Chand was known to have been, you know, intercepting the donations coming into the into the Guru's Golak because that was what was used both for the construction activities as well as for langar. We, you know, Langar was still a prime, prime institution uh, and remained a prime institution during Guru Arjan Saab's time. So much so that Guru Arjan Saab, essentially the properties that were associated with the family, Guru Arjan Saab gave it to Priti Chand and said, you guys take care of that. I will, subs- subs- um, you know, sustain myself uh, and and work with, you know, in, in the confines of the Langar and then the other community-based institution. The personal property gets given to Priti Chand. So Priti Chand, oh, he took that as well, and then he is also pilferaging from the Guru's Golak or the community Golak for Langar and construction. That it, at one point in time, uh, history tells us that it was a dire situation in the treasure house of, of the Guru for even Langar to be served. The story goes that by Gurdasji was in uh, do, doing some kind of pre- missionary work um, and working with the Sangat of Agra. He hears about this news that it's dire straits in the Langar of Guru, Guru Arjan Sahib. Baba Buddha Ji was in Goindwal Sahib, kind of just, you know, doing his thing, uh, t- continuing to do his teaching and, and social work over there. He hears of it as well. So when they heard that in Amritsar area, um, there's dire straits in the Guru's construction works and, and, and Guru's langar, they come back, they start rallying the community back towards the Guru, um, and then reestablish the you know the, the funds coming through for all the construction work as as well as that. So so lots of I would call it in the social sphere, lots of issues that Guru Saab is is having to deal with. 
Guru um, um, Hargobindji gets is born. He's growing up as a as a young lad. Another social uh, complication occurs during Guru Arjan Sahib's time, which is a precursor to the political um, challenge, and that is. Uh, there was a um, a financial like color divan in in, in the Mughal court um, associated in the Amritsar area called Chandusha Brahman. He was a Brahmin. Um, that was his job associated with the Mughal court. He offers the hand of his daughter in marriage to Guru Arjan Sahib's son Hargobind. A, a minor point over here I want to make is in the in the uh, the strength of the Guru Sangat as far as and, and the empowerment that they have in also discussing personal family issues with the Guru. So once the word got out that Chandu is offering a marriage, a matrimonial connection uh, with Guru Arjan Sahib's family, the Sangat of Delhi knowing the kind of not so clean reputation of Chandu Shah Brahman uh, sends a letter, sends a deputation to Guru Rajan Sahib that we do not think that the you know the the reputation of the Guru's family, the Guru's darbar, would be served well by the matrimonial uh, relationship with Chandu Shah Brahman. So, taking that advice and sincerely, Guru Rajan Sahib refused that hand. So this was a big blow to um, Chandu. And uh, since then, and prior to as well, but uh, since then, uh, kind of teaming up with his other detractor, which was Priti Chan, Priti Chan and Chandusha start conniving and uh, trying to, at every corner, <laughs> trying to bring down the downfall of, of Guru Arjan Sahib. So he's, he's getting all these challenges along the way. So despite all of this going on, I was trying to mention Tarantan Sahib gets established, Kartarpur gets established, Gurhar Gobindpur gets established. And so this was prior to 1604, which, when the Ad Granth was inaugurated. One of the most uh, serious uh, achievements in the context of Guru Arjan Sahib's Guruship, but also in the uh, development of the Sikh community's identity, was the establishment of Harmandar Sahib. So what we know today as Harmandar Sahib, or uh, the complex around it, is known as the Bar Sahib. Uh, it was only in the 19th century, so 1800s, uh, is when it gets gold-plated and gets called Golden Temple. But prior to that, it was, uh, you know, a lot of us are imagining what really the architecture of Harmandar Sahib. Is it really just... Uh, non-gold is it exactly that same type of uh, architecture so those are i think research and 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 uh, um, much of that is still going going on but imagine in the middle of this sarovar the amrit sarovar um, is a basically everything evolving around the this center gurdwara harimandar temple of the of of the har vaigru so um Interesting, two, two, three things about the architecture, which everyone knows. We learned it all in Khalsa school, but it's very important. Number one, the, the foundation stone of the laying of the Harman Basab is, is laid by a very good friend, uh, people, uh, you know, someone who saw eye to eye with Guru Sahib, Guru Sahib saw eye to eye with him on the higher level divine aspects. They were completely different practitioners of two different faiths. 
was Saimi Amir. So Saimi Amir uh, from the the Muslim faith, uh, you know, a particular type of Sufi tradition, good friend with uh, Guru Sahib, lays the foundation stone of Harmandir Sahib. The whole Harmandir Sahib gets built through what's called Seva, right, through the construction project. Uh, it is built on purpose. This is very clear, um, lower than kind of the, the ground level of, of the rest of the city. So rather than being a, you know, mighty, big, huge uh, uh, place, which is typical of uh, houses of worship, churches and mosques and synagogues, it's actually, you know, Guru Nanak's core value. Remember what it was? It was humility. So Guru Arjan Saab establishes that in a physical sense of having Harmandir Saab lower than than everything else. In addition, this whole idea of equality, Guru Guru Amar Das Saab's dignity and equality aspect, four four doors of entrance to the complex as well as to the Harmandir Saab building itself. Beautiful imagery of fundamental aspects of the Guru's you know, worldviews gets put into Harmandir Sahib, the building of the Harmandir Sahib as well. This by far is, you know, the the foundation of the Sikh center, the Sikh spiritual and political center uh, for centuries to come from then on. Um, so I said, that's why I think, you know, spending some time just thinking through, sitting back and saying, you know, Guru Arjun Saab, doing all of this turmoil, doing all these other construction projects, the, you know, really setting a foundation for the Sikh religious and political center. Because uh, in the next uh, Guruship, Akal Takht Saab gets, gets uh, uh, founded as well by Guru Hargobind Saab. It's, it's the, so both, uh, both Sikh spiritual, religious and, and political Physical, uh, you know, manifestations are also being said in in addition to the thought process that's coming from Guru Nanak Saab's time. Let's let's talk about the Advent a little more, you know, and and we know that uh, Guru Saab started compiling it. Let's get into like why was it necessary to compile? Why Guru Arjan Dev Ji at this time took it upon himself to compile with the help of uh, Bhai Gudas as well, and then also get into Baba Buddhaji. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's, it's, that's a very important point as to why was there a need, why was it necessary to, um, you know, compile the Ad Granth Sahib. So um, w- let me start with the beginning. <laughs> I think we had mentioned it in a previous episode. It is clear in, in Sikh history and our oral tradition that uh, all the way from Guru Nanak uh, to all the gurus that compiled Bani, they would collect and scribe and write that bani along with it. Guru Nanak Sahib also had a poti, Puchan Kol Kitabnu, Hindu Vadake Musulman Nahoi. This this is from Bhai Gurdas Ji, you know, giving indication that the the Hindus and Muslims were asking Guru Nanak, open open up your book and tell us which one is better, you know, Hindu or or, or Muslim. And um, so, so there's indication that Guru Nanak Sahib himself had it. He handed it over to Guru Ajahn Sahib. Guru Ajahn Sahib handed it over to Guru Amr Dasi and so, forth, so on and so forth. I mean, there are many stories about uh, uh, on the Guru Ajahn Sahib's time. He went to Baba, Baba Mohan, uh, who was the son of Guru Amr Das, to get those written manuscripts and those written potis as well. But the point lies in this thing that I already mentioned. Prithichand 
was um, inserting himself within the Sangat, creating this this divide within the Sangat, both from you know accepting the the donate uh, the offerings of 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 the six. Furthermore, I mean, he had sons. Furthermore, on as well, and uh, you know, six were attracted. I said to her from the beginning. What was the main attraction? It was the Gurbani that was attracting the six. Their their mindsets were changing. Their lives were being transformed initially by even hearing or understanding or listening to the revelations coming from the mouth of the gurus, right? And so and and as the six spread out throughout the South Asian continent and beyond as well, that was the one thing after the guru physical form left from the, whatever that travel was, what was left behind was the Gurmani. Over time, um whether there were corrupt officials known as, you know, like our, our uh, you know, the Manjis that were set up or some other institutions that the Guru had left behind, there were modifications. It was clear that there were modifications to the original and authentic Gurbani that were being sp- spread around. Priti Chan's family, Mehrban, being very popular, very well known, and also of that ability to, to write as well, was also inserting um, uh, their own. Pai Godasi uh, notices this and mentions it as well. The need was very clear that an authentic um, canon ne- needs to be created uh, so as to uh, ensure that no spurious, um, you know, uh, te- text gets entered in. But, you know, if that's the case, people will ask, right? If that's the case, uh, as what I'm trying to say is there's not one reason, but this is one, one of the reasons, then Guru Saab would have done it only with the Guru's Bani and, uh, you know, would have no need to in, insert, uh, also add on the Bani of the, the Pagats and the Pattan Desvaye and, and the others uh, and the way it was compiled. So it was Guru Arjan Saab's genius, Guru Arjan Saab's, uh, you know, kind of foresight that in addition to establishing the Sikh center, um, there was also now uh, was the, the time. And again, I'm said it was in the in the later stage of his guruship towards the end after all of these political and family and social crises were now in, in control, so, so to speak, that he um, um, sets aside. Uh, in a place called Ramsar, so it's a, I think it's south of uh, Harmandir Sahib. I'm not I'm not too sure on the location, but it was well known uh, to be a very nice, quiet, and peaceful place away from the hustle bustle of the city. He he brings all of the different manuscripts uh, together, uh, and but does the recitation and as him he does the recitation, and by Gurdas he does the script does the scribing. Kind of a very, very long-term, painstaking project. Uh, special kind of paper, special kind of ink. All of these were taken meticulously taken care of. Some say that it was around the, um, you know, 1599 time frame when this project really embarked upon itself. And 1604 uh, was the final finishing of the compilation, the binding of it. And uh, the first prakash of the Advant was done in the Harmandir Sahib, which was bu- built by then. Um, I, mean, I also to- think I also think it's a very. I just want to make this point that Guru Arjan Sahib is sitting here. I mean, just think about this: compiling this bani by Gurdas is 
uh, writing it all down. You know, when people start talking about history and they want to know contemporary figures in history that lived with the gurus, Bhai Gurdas is so, it should be on top of everybody's list. Like before they go and read other authors and stuff like this guy, this, this, this man is sitting with the guru writing the Guru Granth Sahib you know, compiling it with the, with Guru Sahib, we should take his writings as serious as possible and anything we want to know. Like, Faisal has just so much knowledge in his vada. Uh, you know, and I just, you know, it, it just sometimes amazes me when Sikhs don't quote him. They quote all these other figures around him or whatever, or even like 200 years later. But Faisal is just like, his, his stuff is firsthand, you know? And so I just want to make that point. Like, he's a very powerful figure in Sikh history. So just want to get that out there. Oh, t- tell me about it. I mean, um, so much so that we believe in. Uh, again, this is a slight plug to our Sikri, one of our one of our programs called Siddhak, which is our kind of uh, flagship program. And in the Sikhi One Hundred and One, there is one session dedicated to a session called Pais of the Guru. And the primary um, people we cover in that is Pai Gurdasi and Pai Nandlaj, right? So Gurgansat the Bad, Pai Gurdasi and Pai Nandlaji's Bani is given a, a, a special place in Sikh you know, tradition and, and, and uh, scriptural tradition. <clears throat> uh, in addition, we also cover Baba Buddhaji. So, so let me, you had asked about that, by Gurdasi and Baba Buddhaji. Here's, here's in, this is my personal opinion, but it's a historical fact as well. Here is Bhai Gurdasi, the scholar par excellence, Sikh theologian, um, who, as you said, is the one who scribed every single word of what uh, Guru Sahib uttered uh, in the revelation, in, uh, which is, uh, at that time was the Adgrant. Um, and he has his own body, not only Vara in Punjabi, he has Kabit Sveye in, in uh, Braj Basha uh, as well. It would make, like, for a commoner like me, it would say, oh, so he's the one who actually did this. He gets the honor because being a Granthi was an honorable thing back then. And it should be now, but we'll talk about that, the current context of a Granthi later. But Guru Arjun Sahib asks by Baba Buddha Ji to be the first Granthi of the Adgant and do the inauguration, do the Prakash and read the first Hukam and then take care of, of the uh, ceremonies of Prakash and Sukhasan and Hamanda Sahib at that time. So here's the scholar of Sikhi theologian who kind of fits kind of what the ideal persona of a Granthi should be. He doesn't get that honor. Uh, Baba Buddha Ji, who is the, the social worker, um, whenever there was a kind of like a social or political uh, turmoil, Baba Buddha Ji is someone because he's a Sikh of Guru Nanak's time frame. Now he's got, and this is the fifth. Uh, you know, uh, Nanak that he's been serving and being in the discipleship of. By the way, by Baba Buddha Ji was also the uh, teacher of the children in the in the Guru's families. Uh, so he, Baba Buddha Ji, is the teacher of the young Hargobindji in the martial arts, horse riding, and and uh, Shastravidya tradition. So he's kind of the other end of the spectrum, but he gets the honor. The sacred honor of being the first Kranti, he sits and uh, takes the first Prakash and is, is honored in that way. In the sixth Nanak's time frame, by the way, Pai Gurdasji becomes the equivalent of what we know today as the pol- kind of the political 
head of the Akal Tak, which is the, the uh, Akal Tak Jathidar. So the equivalent of that we'll cover in the next uh, episode. But by Gurdasji, scholar becomes kind of the political head. Baba Buddha Ji, the, the overall social and political and warrior, uh, becomes the knower of the Granth. Granthi means the one who knows the Granth, who, who is kind of imbued with the Bani as well. To me, this is a fascinating uh, genius of the Guru, where he ensures that six of whatever stature they may be have this balance in life of both Midi-Pidi, Ra-Jog, you know, Granth Pant uh, idea. It's kind of imbued in this oneness that Guru Sahib creates around Ekamkar. So, that blows my mind every time I get emotional when I say it in this way. I don't know if I've covered it well, but the establishment of the Ad Granth was an establishment of the six scriptural canon. It really solidifies the uniqueness of, of the faith and culture and, and community of the six, in addition to the Harmanda Sahib. But the establishment of Ad Granth Sahib and the Prakash and the roles that Guru Sahib gave to those in, and gave them a part in that is also speaks volumes for the genius of our gurus. It, it certainly does. And let's talk about his banis too, Guru Arjan Dev's banis. He has, from all the gurus, he has the most banis in uh, Guru Granth Sahib. And let's talk about a very popular one because in the last, I would say, I'm not sure if any of the listeners are feeling this too, but at least in my personal life, in the last, I would say, three to five years, uh, from all the older women, and I'm really just saying women, not trying to be sexist here, but like, you know, my mom, my, my mother-in-law, my masis, my chachis, like a lot of them, Sukhmi Saab is becoming, it became so popular. You know, they try to do it all the time. They try to have like Sukhmi Saab once a month at people's houses. And, you know, Guru Arjan Saab Sukhmi Saab Bani is the longest Bani too. So let's talk about that just for a little and then uh, we want to go on to other things, too, and some social causes of Guru Arjan Sahib. But we, let's touch on Sukhmi oh. Sahib a okay. little, if you could. Okay, no, that, that, that's a very good good point. Now, uh, Sukhmani Sahib, so, yeah, uh, most Banis revealed in Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, and uh, remember last time I had said Partals by Guru Ramdasi. So in the musical framework of, of Guru Granth Sahib, that is also Guru Arjan Sahib's gift to us, uh, he was a par excellence musician, par excellence poet, uh, sp- spiritual poetry, um, and, and uh, from the literature perspective. So the Sukhmani Sahib is actually very, very simple from a language perspective. It is the longest uh, Bani. Sukhmani um, um, uh, is sometimes translated as what's called the Psalm of Peace. Psalm is in P-S-A-L-M, right? Um and it is the peace-giving jewel, etc. Uh, so there's many, many... Uh, it is interesting that uh, since early 1900s, uh, English translations of Sukhmani Sahib have been uh, worked on. Uh, the two things I would like to ask your readers to, if they are interested in Sukhmani Sahib, two um, works to definitely read. It's Psalm of Peace by Professor Teja Singh. And uh, another book that was posthumously published um, of, of Sadar Kapoor Singh, it's called Guru Arjan and His Sukhmani. Uh, so you cannot talk about Sukhmani Sahib without talking about Guru Arjan Sahib. So there are some uh, portions within those books that cover the context of Guru Arjan Sahib's guruship and, and life. But the Bani itself is so 
straightforward and long. And and here's the point about the Sukhmani Sab divans that you're talking about, Manpreet. In the if we read the history from the the um, uh, Singh Sabha Lahar movement, uh, there was there were istri satsangs that came up and popped up at that time, where you know the women would also get together and be engaged in both the religious and political sphere. Sometimes intermingled with the rest of the six, uh, sometimes uh, you know exclusive uh, women divans as, as well. So nothing new, I think. I think this Sukhmani Sahib's focus around it has been uh, for quite a while. But a very interesting personal for me, but maybe not a lot of Sikhs in our circles know that there are who we may believe are non-Sikhs, but they are believers in, in Guru Nanak and, and Gurbani. Uh, so a lot of Sindhi, uh, uh, friends and brothers and sisters from the Sindhi community have delved in not, much of the Guru Granth Sahib, but in Sukhmani Sahib um, for, for years and years and generations and generations. So there may be you know, completely uh, imbued in the Sindhi culture, but their um, discipline every day is to read Sabji Sahib and Sukhmani Sahib uh, as well. As a matter of fact, the book of Sadar Kapoor Singh, the only reason he was kind of pushed into that direction to translate Sukhmani Sahib was on the bidding of one of his family friends who happened to be a Sindhi woman who was who was ill. So she asked him, uh, that she's been reading Sukhmani Sahib her whole life, but would like him because of his knowledge and his his breadth of understanding to uh, pen down a, a English translation of it. This is in the 1930s and 40s. So Sukhmani Sahib, uh, we we can't delve into it here. It is so broad and deep, but it's definitely one of the bunnies that if presented in the right way, really gives credence to the fact that Guru Granth Sahib is universal. The message is universal. It isn't a book of laws for six. It's, it's, it's more of a universal divine uh, um, you know, work that, that enables any human to connect. But yeah, it, it, uh, Guru Arjan Sahib's, uh, there are many, many other um, uh, poetic genres that Guru Arjan Sahib has used. Uh, other gurus have used it as well, but Guru Arjan Sahib has done it quite an extensive uh, use of poetic genres in, in Guru Granth Sahib. Okay, um, I do want to, uh, yeah, in a, in a little bit, uh, let's talk about two things that I think maybe a lot of people don't know. Again, we're not going to maybe be able to cover the Shahidi of Guru Arjan Sahib in, in depth. It is the, soon going to be the month of June, and Guru Sahib, the, the Shahidi Gurpurab, is is commemorated um, every year for centuries. Um, the the most uh, recent history major commemoration is it coincides with the attack on the Darbar Sahib in 1984. But despite the trauma of that, uh, one of the things that you'll see that multi-multiple Sikh Sangats will, will um, participate in is the Shabil, is the, the sharing of cold special drink um, called, called Kachi Lassi, in, maybe in the Punjab areas and even outside. But but many uh, diaspora uh, communities uh, transform that. They're, they're, they're sharing Cokes and sodas and juices and 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 tandapani uh, out in the streets as well. But prior to that, let me let me. Uh, many people may not know about these two things that occurred. So um, this was um, way before 1604, probably in the 1580s, 1590s, maybe max. Uh, there was uh, 
a couple of years where the crop in Punjab was not that well. There was a famine that was occurring in Punjab. Two things happened. Number one, uh, uh, because of that famine and a lot of disease in the Lahore area, the city of, of, of Lahore, um, there was a lot of disease that was being spread. So what does Guru Arjan Sahib do? Guru Arjan Sahib collects his sevadars and creates different teams to go in and do a, a cleaning of the city of Lahore. Such a huge endeavor. Uh, now, again, remember, there is a government, you know, the Mughal government is, is the ruling uh, government of that area. They see that nothing is being done from the government perspective. So Guru Sahib takes it upon himself, you know, for that kind of... Uh, social responsibility, right? Number two, while these political and religious problems are going on, someone complains to Akbar. Akbar was still the the Mughal emperor at that time. That Al Guru Sahib is compiling this this um, you know scriptural canon, and that there's there's uh, issues with the way it's being compiled, and there are some things that are against the Muslim faith in that. Just like Akbar came and met Guru Amr Das Sahib, history tells us that Akbar came and met uh, Guru Arjan Sahib, listened to the singing of, of Kirtan, and was enamored by it, was saying nothing nothing is against uh, Islam or, or Hinduism that I can tell, and um, you know had, had basically uh, discourse and discussions with the Guru. At that time, the Guru, because of the famine, he said, if you want to do something, because Akbar would be offering land and other gifts and things like that, he said, no, we don't want anything. That we can take over of our own. But for the people of Punjab, what would be best if the Mughal um, emperor can forgive the, the tax for the year of the farmers of the land. So the famine in Punjab, he's both doing social activism as well as political activism, you know, getting the tax uh, um, by, bypassed as well. So Akbar, uh, according to the uh, chronicles, did, did oblige and for one year, the tax was, was forgiven for the farmers. And the other hand, again, because of this uh, mischievousness, higher caste uh, um, Hindu mischievousness was, um, no, not many people know that the Mughal emperors always had a Brahmin minister. Uh, the Brahmin minister of Akbar was well known in, you know, I've learned it when I was in boarding school in India, this uh, guy called Birbal, Raja Birbal, was the, supposed to be the most intelligent minister in the in Akbar's court. Raja Birbal had imposed a separate special tax on the Khatris of Amritsar, uh, on the on the area of Amritsar, had imposed a an extra extra tax on them. Gurajan Sahib not only refused to pay it himself, but also encouraged all other Khatris of that area to not pay. Um, this. Uh, earned the ire of Birbal and uh, he was preparing to send an army to crush any sort of, you know, disobeying of, of his uh, injunction. I mean, think about that. This is not, this is not everyone saying that, oh, after Guru Arjan Sahib's martyrdom is when Sikhs became political and military action, you know, mil mi the militarization of Sikhi really started after Guru Arjan Sahib. It's starting during Guru Arjan Sahib's and even before. Um, it so happened, fortunately, that Birbal got pulled away to the northwest frontier and uh, because of some other uh, rebellion or insurgents, and he died over there. 
Furthermore, after that, uh, Birbal had had already given orders since he wasn't going to be made. There was the uh, governor of, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's the Jalandhar area or the Ludhiana area. Um, he was known as Suli Khan. So Suli Khan was also ordered to come and attack uh, the Amritsar area because of Guru Arjan Saab's challenge to the unfair taxation. And evidence of this attack, Suli Khan's attack against Guru Arjan Saab, is actually enshrined within the Guru Granth Saab uh, as, as well. So Suli Khan, uh, the mention is there in the Guru Granth Saab, and Guru Arjan Saab, whether it's divine intervention or, or whether Guru Arjan Saab's, you know, um, methodology or technique of, um, I think, to be, to be honest, my interpretation is the same as Guru Gobind Singh Saab, which is when all other means have failed, then it's righteous to draw the sword. So Guru Arjan Saab, although preparations were made, never drew the sword and said, Jo Aiga, let it come. Again, divine intervention, <laughs> Suli Khan was killed along the way on his way to Amritsar, so the attack never happened. Point is, uh, the the so focused religious establishing of the religious religious center of Harmandir Sahib, the scriptural canon of the Ad Granth, simultaneously total activism within the social sphere and the political sphere um, is going on simultaneously, not one after the other. Guru Arjan Saab's genius is, despite all of the personal, familial, and which is social, uh, you know, um, uh, distractions, continuing on mission, on vision of Guru Nanak, continuing through that is what makes Guru Arjan Saab so, um, for me, <laughs> understanding all the things going on at the same time so overwhelming that it's even difficult for me to share. Um, but that's really um, put all of those together, and then we can have another one-hour session on um, the, the episodes around his martyrdom, Manpreet. But I think we, you know, as I said, June is coming. There will be probably a lot of information regarding that coming along. Uh, my my message to everyone is to, in addition to focusing on how he died. Let's also understand how he lived and, and how he shared his uh, divine wisdom through the activities that took place during his guruship. And that's Guru Arjun Saab. Yeah, Indrapreet, and he's the first guru uh, to get martyred. And from all the things you said in this, uh, in the recap at the end, and his theme is self-sacrifice, right? Exactly. That is that is right. Right. So the, those that are humble understand the uh, way of submission, um, you know, e equality and service are Im imbibed with them. They, once, once all of those are in place, then exposing the methodology of self-sacrifice was attributed to Guru Arjun Sahib by Painan Lalji in his Ganj Nama. And uh, yeah, so and that's why he is uh, befitting. Well, what is the is the epitome of self sacrifice? That is shahidi. That is martyrdom. That is kurbani. So um, you know, we, every day we stand up and we do a das to takur tumper das jiopin sabteri das. The last line is nanak das sada kurbani. This is this is a slok from Gurajan Sab. So the word Kurbani is used by him, not only in words, but also in action. And to breathe another powerful podcast on our Guru's 
this one, Guru Arjun Saab. I encourage anyone listening, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, you can reach out to us um, on our Twitter handles, which will be in the notes. Uh, you can email us at info at org. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, we would love to address them on the next podcast. Uh, in the brief, once again, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being here and talking about Guru Arjun Sahib. I'm looking forward to next month where we talk about Guru Hargobind Sahib. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Manpreet, and, and thank you to your listeners. You know, I have to thank them because if they are listening, it just encourages me more to do this. And, and I myself gain a lot by, by sharing, you know, the little that I know about all of our gurus. So it's, it's really a privilege for me, and, and I thank them and you for, for doing this, uh, you know, on the dot every month. Thank okay. you. Bye, Gajika. Bye, Gajika. Bye, Gajika.